But I want to conclude today the series that we're on called Invest. Invest, and we're going to end that today and really go into a dynamic series next week called Bless, the blessed life. How many wants to learn how to live the blessed life? Amen. And so from invest to bless, because if you invest properly, there's a blessing to come. And so we're going to talk about that. Pastor Brad started the series off about how to invest in your marriage. And then he dealt with, secondly, how to invest in relationships. And then last week, I talked to you on investing in the favor and the blessing of God, the biblical pattern that God gives us for favor and blessing. And today, I want to talk to you about how to invest in your faith, how to invest in your faith. Let's go right to our text that we've been using every week. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war in an abundance of counselors there's victory. And what Pastor Brad and I have been trying to do and our whole team uh, throughout this month is bring some guidance and some counsel to certain areas of our life that we need to invest in and know how to invest because how many knows if you don't know how to invest properly, you can lose it. And, and so we want to teach you scripturally on how to invest properly in these areas of our life. And today we're going to talk about our faith. What does it mean to invest? Invest means to put time, effort, energy, money into something offering potential profitable return. And how many knows that Jesus said, my word will not return to me void. And so if I make an investment into things that God has told me in his word, there is a guarantee. How many likes guarantees? There's a guarantee from heaven of return. The book of James is in your notes. It says this. I want to use this to lead into our message today. Is anyone among you in trouble? Anybody been there? Let them pray. I mean, did that because that's what we do when we're in trouble. But what are we really doing? We're investing by faith in a situation that we find ourselves in. Is anyone happy? How many's glad everything's not trouble? There's some happy times in life. He says, if you're happy, let them sing songs of praise. But what am I doing? I'm investing in the happiness that I'm experiencing to bring more profit and more return. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer that's offered in faith will make the sick person well. Investment, faith, obedience, return. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I want to take this and I want to show you two things that I see in the scripture here. And that I want to declare to you today before we take you on the journey on how to uh, invest in faith that works. Number one is this, God still works miracles. Come on, I got some good amens already without asking for them. I said, God still works miracles. Okay, Pastor Dan, but if that's the case then, why hasn't God answered every prayer that I've prayed? Anybody ask that? Why didn't God heal when I asked for him to heal? Why didn't he provide? Why, why didn't he do this? Why didn't God, why, if God works miracles, why doesn't he answer every prayer I pray? Get your pencil out because I'm going to give you some deep theology here. I don't know. I'm not God, but I do know this. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You see, I have to ask the question too. 
Why did I have to watch my father die over months and months and months of a brain disease to turn around and have to watch my brother, who's only a year older than me, die of the same brain disease and go down to 68 pounds? And I prayed as hard as I've ever prayed in my life for both, and they both died. Why am I having to sit by the bed of my grandson that's four years old that's dying of a terminal disease outside of the divine miracle of God? Why, why do I have to continue to do that? And I spend an hour or more a day in just prayer for my grandson, but I haven't seen that miracle yet. Then why did I get to see my other son, my son who's here today, that was in a motorcycle accident and given zero chance to live for 24 days, and today I get to watch him as a walking miracle? So I, I've experienced both sides of the, of the deal that God just showed up and did a supernatural miracle. And then on the other side, I'm like, where are you, God? I can't find you. Anybody identify with me yet? Yeah. And so the question comes up, if God's still a miracle worker, God, then why? And, and Jesus says in Hebrews 13, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But here's what I do know. God always does what's right. And that's what I want you to grab today on the part that God still does miracles is that God always does what's right. And one of my favorite scriptures is the second Timothy. I want to give it to you so we can move right into the journey. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. There's promise one. Yes. Come on, any witness in here? The Lord will rescue you from every, has Satan come with a plan against you and the Lord rescued you? The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and, promise number two, he will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Can I tell you that God answered all of my prayers the same? My father and my brother, they made it to heaven safely. My son's here today healed. And here's the thing I want you to get when you and I are sitting down here because I had those questions to God about my brother. I have many about my grandson. But when we get to heaven and we look Jesus face to face and we get him in the eyeball and we go, now I get it. Right. Now I know why you didn't let me marry that guy. I'm glad she got him now. <laughs> glad it's hers. Yeah, I, now I understand why you didn't give me that job because it would have took me from your kingdom. Now I'm glad, I now understand why you didn't heal my father because he belonged in heaven. He was ready to go. We see things differently. And what I want you to understand today is no, there's no greater thrill than a Christian today to know that I get to go to the God in heaven who loves me more than anybody does, who has all the power and authority that the world ever possessed, and he has every ability and right to do anything he wants to do to benefit my life. And my job is just to come and bring the need to him, and he answers every prayer immediately, every time, yes, no, or wait. But he's always doing what's right. Yes. And he works miracles. And number two, God desires for me to invest and grow in my faith. So I know that I have a God that I can come to. And he said, I'm either going to heal you here or I'm going to safely bring you into heaven. But how many found out heaven's not a bad place to go to? It's kind of the place that we're all striving to get to. And they just got there before we did. It's not a bad deal. So my promise is this, that I can either get healed here or get healed there. Whatever I need, I'm going to get it one place or the other. He just knows what's best. But in that journey, he wants me to invest in my faith. Romans, Paul says, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more hollow than he ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to every one of us a measure, say measure, of faith. 
that you don't need to ask God. How many has done that besides me? God, give me more faith. Give me more faith. There's a mountain today. I need some faith. God said, I'm not giving you any more faith. I need you to invest the measure of faith I've already given you. Because it doesn't take a lot of faith. It just takes a big God. And God said, I just want you to invest that measure of faith. Whatever your measure is, God just wants you to invest that today. Don't look at it like the talents and go, I only have one instead of five. Mine's not that big. It's not that important. Don't throw that measure of faith away. God says, you invest that. I'm going to take that little faith and I'm going to do big miracles through it. And so understand that God has given to every one of us a measure of faith And everybody look at me for a second. Some of you need to stop trying to get your miracle in some other minister's mailbox. I believe in calling for the elders of the church. We just read it. I believe in getting other people to pray with us. But some of you need to step out in a faith and let God show you that your faith works too. And God wants to honor your faith more than he wants to honor somebody else's faith through you. And so don't be afraid to invest your faith. So I want to take you on a journey. So God still does miracles, and he wants you to invest the faith that he's given you and believe in him for the miracles you need in your life. So I want to take you on a three-step journey of a guy named Elijah. And here's the quick story that King Ahab has now become the king of Israel, and he's taken Israel into a backslidden state. He's bringing in false gods and, and all of these things, and God sends Elijah, and Elijah goes there, and then Ahab calls Elijah and says, you're messing everything up, and, and Elijah goes, no, you're the problem. You're bringing in false gods, and they got into a debate over which God is real. Is it the God, Ahab, you know, or, or what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, is it Baal? Is it the gods of Baal? And 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 so all of a sudden, King Ahab, he's bringing in all these gods of Baal to be worshiped in Israel. And so Elijah goes, okay, let's find out which God's real, my God or the God of Baal. And so he says, meet me on the top of Mount Carmel. And so he says, but don't come along. I want you to bring 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, which was under Jezebel. And he said, I want you to bring 850 prophets of the God that you serve and meet with me and I'm going to come along and we're going to find out which God's really real. And they get on the top of Mount Carmel and they give each one of them a bull to sacrifice on the altar. And so Elijah says, hey, y'all go first. I'll be Christian about this. And he lets them go first and they build their altar and they cry out to the God of Baal and no answer. It says this morning, they cried out to noon and no answer. So the prophet Elijah goes, well, you know, maybe he's busy. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe you need to cry a little louder and pray a little harder. And so they started praying harder and louder. The Bible said they even started cutting themselves. They're so desperate to see their God show up, but he didn't show up. So now it's Elijah. He said, okay, enough of that. He said, my turn, all by himself. He tells him he gets 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. He gets wood. He lays it on top of the stones. He then gets the bull, the sacrifice, and he puts it on top of the wood, but that wasn't enough. He said, by the way, dig a trench, dig a ditch around my sacrifice here. And then he said, go get some buckets of water. And they went and got buckets of water. And they poured over the sacrifice, over the wood, over the stones, and filled the ditch with water. And then he called out to the God of Israel and said, prove yourself to be God. The Bible said fire came down from heaven. Not only did it consume the sacrifice, it consumed the wood, consumed the stones, and dried up the water in the ditch. One against 850, but God showed that he was God. And here's where this leads now. So now Ahab... Elijah's kind of got Ahab's attention. 
How many would that get your, I mean, I love what Chris Hodges says. He says, why do drugs when you can do the Bible? You know what I'm talking about? It's pretty exciting. And so here, here he is. And so I want to take you on three steps now because all of a sudden there's a drought that God spoke to Elijah and said, there will be no rain on the earth for three and a half years. And they've been in this drought. And then something happens. Get your notes out and we're going to go very, very quickly. All right. Number one, faith begins with a word from God. I'm going to take you on a faith journey today. The three steps into faith that works. Faith begins with a word from God. How many knows that God's word is full of promises? I mean, that book, the Bible, that's why you need to read it every day. It's full of promises, and you need to read it because they're going to jump out at you. You'll be reading the same scripture you read 20 times. All of a sudden, it'll jump out at you today and go, that's my word today. That's God's word for me. God has a word for your health today. He has a word for your marriage. He has a word for your family, your addiction, your business, your finances. And it's in your notes. We're not putting it on the screen for the sake of time. But it says here that God speaks to Elijah and he tells, Eli he tells Ahab, it will not rain for three and a half years. But you've got to understand now in chapter 18, verse 41, all of a sudden God speaks to uh, Elijah and he tells Ahab, I, I sense some rain in the air. I, I feel rain in the air. There's some rain coming, Ahab. I, I sense something's about to happen. And he got a word because he told Ahab in the scripture in your notes that there will be no rain until I speak the word. And how many knows that nothing's happening in your world, but when God speaks a word, one word from heaven can change your situation. One word from heaven can turn your poverty into blessing. One word from heaven can turn your cancer into wholeness. We've got four ladies, some are sitting looking at me right now, that were diagnosed with serious cancer just months ago. But today, their diagnosis is no cancer, totally healed. Why? God brought a word. He spoke a word into their life. God has a word, and faith begins with a word from God. The prophet Isaiah said, so my word that goes out of my mouth, it will not return unto me empty, Jesus said. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And can I say this? God honors his word every time. He honors it every time. And then we've got to come and understand that, that God just wants to come and give you a word over your health, give you a word. I remember our sister sitting right there on a Saturday morning prayer that she requested prayer because she had been diagnosed with cancer and she was sore. She was in a lot of pain. And I remember we all gathered around her and prayed in that Saturday morning prayer and people were praying other places too. But I'll never forget that week that she came back to prayer and she said, I'm healed of cancer. My cancer's gone. And every Sunday, we greet at that door and we talk about her healing. Why? I didn't heal her. God gave her a word. And she took that word because every miracle starts with a word. And God's got a word for you. Number two is once you get that word, you've got to get in the word. You've got to pray. And once God speaks that word into your spirit and into your life, you must understand that faith continues and grows when you stand firm on the word that God gave you. Because how many's found out God's not an instant God? He takes you on a journey. 
And I'm going to explain that in a moment. And so God has told Elijah to prophesy drought. He prophesied it. There was no rain for three and a half years. And then he gives another word to uh, Elijah and says, tell Ahab there's some rain in the air. It's about to come. There's rain coming. Give him the word. And so Elijah did. But after he gave the word, here's what the Bible says, that Elijah, he goes into prayer because there's not a cloud in the sky. But God told him it's going to rain. He's already told King Ahab it's going to rain. But there's no cloud in the sky. He sends his servant while he's in prayer. And they prayed that way where they would bend over and put their face down between their knees. And they would rock and they would pray. I've watched them do it in Israel by the Wailing Wall. And, and he's praying for rain. And he tells his servant, go look. And the servant goes and looks. And he comes back. And Elijah says, what do you see? I don't see nothing, man. There's clear sky. Go back. And he goes and looks, and he comes back. What did you see? Clear sky, prophet, clear sky. Go back seven times. Seven times the servant goes and looks and nothing, and he says, go back, go back. And can I tell some of you here today that God's already given you a word for your healing? He's already given you a word for your marriage. He's already given you a word for your financial breakthrough. He's already given you a word, and if he hasn't, you get it. And here's what you're going to do. When you pray and all you see is a clear sky, you go back. When you don't see him answering, you go back. You go back. And the prophet said, go back and look again. And on the seventh time, he returns and he says, what did you see? He said, all I saw, prophet, was the cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, that's all I need. That's it right there. That's my sign for my miracle. The skies weren't dark. There was no rain coming. But he stood firm on what God had already told him without a sign. And when you've already got the word, you don't need a big sign. You only need a big sign when you haven't got the word yet. Come on, somebody. Help your preacher preach this morning. And he said, I've already heard the word. I feel the rain. God told me it's about to rain. He's already declared it to the king. And now he sees just the size of a man's hand, a cloud. And he, he acted upon that. He says, go back. 18 months old, my grandson was diagnosed with a brain injury. He was diagnosed wrong. And then we found out it wasn't a brain injury. He's got a terminal brain disease. And medically, he's in the final stage. But at that 18th month when he was diagnosed, I took him in my house and I laid him in my bed. For hours, I held him. And I prayed in the spirit for hours and hours and hours. There's not a day goes by that I don't stop somewhere and go to the water, go somewhere or go to his house and kneel by his bed, hold his head, that I don't put an hour or more prayer going back, going back, going back, because God's going to either heal him here, and if he does, you better watch the wow factor because this old man's going to do some crazy stuff. And if he decides to heal him in heaven, we have this thing called the haven. Because of him, we're going to touch thousands of lives with the hope of Jesus because he was born with a purpose. But I'm not going to go by Jabin's bed and say, man, I prayed so much, I don't even want to pray anymore. No, man, we're going back every day. And I tell him every day. I've watched him the last three nights all night long so Ashley could take a break. And I've sat by his bed all night and I've held his head while he slept. 
We've had worship music going on, and I've been telling him over and over, we're going back, Jabin, we're going back. Papa's not giving up, man. I'm going to pray as long as you're willing to fight. Papa's going to fight this battle with you. And I'm telling you, some of you, you're so tired and you're so wearied, and, 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 and the devil's wore you out. And I just want to tell you today, don't give up. You keep going back because one day there's going to be a cloud in the sky. And God's going to honor the consistency and the persistency of your faith. Then it comes to number three, and I've got to hurry. Our continued investment in our faith produces supernatural results. How many is ready to see some supernatural? Number one is you got to understand that all miracles start with just a word. Then number two, you've got to stand firm in what God's told you because the enemy's going to come and try to take it away from you. Then number three, you've got to believe for the grand finale, man. Don't settle for just something. I mean, if God's going to do it, he does it big. And how many here's a witness today that when you needed a true breakthrough in your life, when God showed up, he didn't show up with something small. He showed up with a grand finale, man. I mean, when he shows up, he shows up big. And he wants you to begin to understand and look for something supernatural. And here's what happened to Elijah. He sent the word, he saw the cloud. And then if you look at the scripture, here's what it said. The sky grew dark. It didn't say it became dark. The sky grew dark. We don't know if that was an hour, a day, or weeks. We don't know. We just know it didn't happen overnight. The sky began to grow dark, which means there was a process of time. It didn't happen instantly. And we've got to come and understand that that's how God works. And you ask me and I ask you, well, why doesn't God just do it instantly if he's got the power to do it? How many wants the answer to that? You want the answer? Here's the answer. God's more interested in the process of your miracle than performing it. God is more interested in your journey. He was more interested in Elijah's time with him and getting the miracle than he was providing the miracle itself. And that's why God doesn't just go, oh, you need that, boom. No, he likes that one-on-one time that he's having with me over Javen because it's brought me closer to him. It's part of the journey, and God's more interested in the journey than he is the miracle. We're interested in the miracle. God's interested in the journey. And he lets them two come together. But here's what happened to Elijah. The Bible said that he told Ahab, you better get on to the chariot, man. You better get to the city and you better get your eating and drinking going on because there's rain about to come and you need to beat it. And so King Ahab, he, he got on his, his chariot. He, he begins to go, man. He's riding. He's got a two-horse chariot. He's headed down to the city. He's going to beat the rain. And the Bible said all of a sudden while he's going, there's a flash that comes by and dust is stirred up. And it's Elijah. And he's not on a chariot. He's running. The dude's out running a chariot pulled by two horses. And he beats Ahab to the city. You cannot possibly do that in the natural. That's supernatural, my friend. Are you hearing what your preacher's saying to you today? That's supernatural. God took him from the natural. He took him from, uh, I saw, I got a word. It's about to rain. I saw nothing but a little cloud in the sky. 
I saw the sky all of a sudden just begin to turn a little bit black to now we got a grand finale. I'm out running a chariot pulled by two horses under the supernatural power of heaven that's being demonstrated on my life. And can I tell you today, God has something supernatural waiting for you. He's got something supernatural waiting for you. When we walked into my son, he's standing right back there. Wave, Tommy. He was in a motorcycle accident. He was given zero chance to live for 24 days. They told my wife and I and his sister, every day they told us he won't be here in the morning until finally they told us before Christmas, you gotta turn him off, Pastor. We're not letting him stay here past Christmas. You gotta take him off. You gotta pronounce that he's dead, he's gone. He's zero chance of living. But we had a word, all we had was the word that God dropped into our heart that first night. He will not die, but he will live and he'll declare the works of the Lord. That's all I had. All I had was that word. And they would come and, and we would, man, we would jump at everything and we would go in there and we would start worshiping and singing. And Tommy's whole right side of his face had phase four crushing, no eye socket, no cheekbone, split the roof of his mouth in half, sheared his brain. This eye had no function at all. And he was laying there, not even moving, nothing. But we would begin to pray and sing and speak that word over Tommy and tears would begin to come out of this left eye. And they told me, oh, that's just a reaction. And I said, oh, you can call it what you want to, but that's my cloud in the sky, man. That's my sign. And they were medically right. They were medically right. But there's something that God is the great physician. And he's got something that's not natural. It's called supernatural. And on the 24th day, the doctor walked in and pinched Tommy on the chest. And Tommy reached up and grabbed his hand like to freak the dude out, man. I'm telling you. He come running out of the office. He came and got Kathy and I. And he brought us in there. And he said, we don't know what just happened. But he just identified pain. His brain identified where pain was at. And he grabbed it. And he said, but, but Pastor, you, you, I got to tell you the facts now. He's been dead so long. The machines have kept him alive so long that if he did live, which he's not, he'll be a vegetable. He'll, he'll be nothing. He'll be on machines until you turn him off still. But I remember my son had just preached the week before a message in our church on Fairfield where man puts a period, God puts a comma conjunction more to come and I'll never forget looking that doctor in the face and I said where you put a period the God I'm talking about puts a comma and there's still more to come three days later Tommy was out of the ICU seven days later he was eating mashed potatoes he has no memory loss whatsoever they said that he would go through a lifetime come here Tommy they said he would go through a lifetime I, I didn't plan this and my time is gone but somebody needs this Come up here, Cindy. This is a sister. They watched their mother, little sister, and little brother stabbed to death. She was 10, he was eight. She was stabbed four times in the neck, but lived. He had under the bed. They were Buddhist. They were passed from family to family. Their father was a shrimper, not able to be home, and they had to get out of the house of the relative they were in for 30 days to celebrate the the anniversary of their mother's murder and so they had to get out so they could burn incense and get rid of the evil spirits that these two brought in their house the Buddhist faith just kind of work with it they came in our house for what was supposed to be 30 days and they wouldn't leave they've been with us ever since that's 17 years ago but 
What I'm saying is this. Is that they said, zero chance. Zero chance. Zero chance. Zero chance. But we had a word. And all we had was a cloud. But the sky began to turn dark. And we didn't know how rain was going to come. They said that Tommy would have lifetime plastic surgery on this side of his face to rebuild his bones and his cheeks and everything. They've never stuck one needle in his face. Not one procedure has been done and his face has grown back perfectly normal. And they say there is no medical explanation for his body being healed, for him being alive, or his face growing back normal. I know he's cute. Go ahead, lady. I know he's cute. He's very single. But there's my supernatural. I don't need a class on 10 steps. Does God work miracles or not? I get to wake up every morning with one. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm here today to tell you, and we've, we've done go, but I'm going to tell you, some of you right now, you're in that place. You're like, God, where in the world are you? Because the Bible said, and I didn't get to the scripture, I'm out of time. I'm going to hand this to Pastor Brad because God spoke something to his heart in the first service. And I really don't want to step where God's already speaking to him. The Bible is in my notes and I didn't get to it in the first service. And then Pastor Brad brought it up. But the Bible said, don't be weary in well-doing. For that if we wait and we keep believing, God's going to show up in due time. What's due time? His time. Because he does it right every time. And some of you in this building right now, come on up, Pastor Brad, wherever you are. Some of you in this building right now, you're tired, man. You're tired. Pastor Brad, I just want you to come. What God laid on your heart earlier, I just feel he put it in your heart. I'm going to step away and just let him take it from here. We're going to go. Just close your eyes in this place. The Lord spoke a word in this house in first service. He said, some of you have become weary in well-doing, and you've become exhausted. You've been looking for something. You've been asking, God, I'm praying for it. I'm praying for it. I'm praying for it. And you've become so tired that literally a cloud has set in on your life. And the words that the Lord brought in to just, he, he spoke to my heart is, is words like depression and anxiety. And that you've been overcome with thoughts, you've been overcome with emotions, and, and, and you've just gotten tired. And the Lord is wanting right now, he's wanting today to start breaking down some of those chains that has been set into your life. He's wanting to remove some of those clouds that are over your heads. He wants to make room right now for him to do something transformational in your life. And if that's you right now, I don't want you looking around. Don't worry about anybody around you. I want you to hear what this pastor's telling you right now is that God has created a moment in this service right now for you. He wants to clear away the dark skies. And if that's you, I want to challenge you this morning. You see, you're saying, God, I've, I've been looking and I've been searching and I can't find you. 
God's saying, I'm right here, right now. If, you, if that's you, and you want to surrender that to God right now, you want God just to take control of that, I just want you to stand to your feet right now where you're at. I want to give God this thing. I don't want to keep holding on to it. I don't want to keep wrestling with it. I've been praying, and the clouds are set in. I've been fighting against myself telling God, I don't even know if you're real. I don't even know if you're there. I don't even know if I believe in you anymore. And you've been wrestling and you're just looking for the answer. And right now we want to break those chains. We want to see God and through the Holy Spirit, do some transformation in your heart and do some transformation in your life right now. And we just want to go ahead. Let's, I want to get our prayer team down here. We're going to get ready to pray for you and, and so the prayers are going to come. Prayer team is going to come down. Pastors come down. Staff come down. We just want to, we want to pray for you. But if that's you, you say, I want God to do something, transformation in my life. The, the Bible says we're two or more agree touching on anything, or come together, agree on touching any one thing. He's in the midst. And I want to challenge you right now where you are to leave your seat and come down here and let God do a work in your life. We got a team that wants to pray for you. Take courage. Take some, take some courage and do it. Take some boldness and do it. No one's looking at you. No one is worried about you. No one cares. No one wants to think something differently of you. If you want to be free from depression, if you want to be free from that anxiety, you want God to do something amazing in your life, I want you to leave your seat. I want you to come on down and let someone pray for you. And let's let God do something amazing in your life. If you're at your seat right now and that's not you, I just want you to stand. Go ahead and stand all over this place. The team's going to lead us in this song. And I just want you to worship wherever you're at. If that's if you if you're there, I want you to worship and be praying for the people that are here that God would start to break these chains. I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us and Oh, how he loves us How he loves us
while they continue to pray here for people. Maybe you're at your seat today. Maybe this is new to you. And I just want you to know today that you may have come to this service for many reasons. Somebody invited you. Maybe someone's being baptized that you know, or you just came because you want to go to a church on a Sunday. But it was deeper and more than that. Jesus already had your day set up because he wanted you to know that he loves you. And he loves you right where you are. He's got plan and destiny for your life. He's got hope. He's got a future for you. And today, if you're in this room where everybody's heads bowed, nobody's looking around, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Dan, I want to join those in the first service that committed their life to Christ. And today you would say, I need a change, Pastor. I realize I'm not a bad person. Just spiritually, I'm not where I need to be and I need a change. And I'm not looking for religion. I'm not looking for all that stuff. I just want a relationship with Jesus is real. I just want him to help me in my journey. I want to pray a prayer for you. I will not point you out. I will not come to you. I just want to pray a prayer for you. And if that's you today and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm at step one right now. I need a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up where you stand? You can put, God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands going up here. God bless you. Jesus loves you today. We love you too. God bless you over here. Yes. He loves you today. He loves you today. We love you too. If you raised your hand or you did not, and you just say, Pastor Dan, I need Jesus in my life today. I want you to pray this prayer with me, and we're going to pray it with you as a church so you're not alone. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, will you celebrate with me and the angels in heaven? Those seven, eight hands that were just raised. Come on, what it's all about. What it's all about, right there.
God's presence in here right now. And I, I don't have a lot of gifts. I can't do anything they can do up here. The, the, the gift that God's given me is for lost people. And I'm still, my heart's just going 100 mile an hour up here today and I keep trying to stop this and move on because I know time's gone and I, I can't because there's still, there's still a couple of people in here and I'm not gonna put anybody on the spot. I just wanna know that I gave the opportunity because when my heart's doing this, I know that God's still dealing with somebody. And I just wanna wait one more second here and I just wanna ask you to bow your heads with me one more time and anyone that goes here knows we don't do this often. This is not a gimmick, this is not a game. I just don't want you to die without Jesus. I want you to live with Him. I don't even want you to live the rest of your life without Him because you can live it with Him. If you're in this building right now and you say, Pastor Dan, my heart was pounding a while ago, but it's really pounding right now. And God should stop this service again to just stop and let you know that He loves you. And if that's you right now, would you just lift a hand again? I'm not gonna come to you. I just, I just wanna know that God's reaching and you're listening. You say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I just want to know that I know that I'm right with God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. I just need to know, man. I just need to know. Such amazing love of God that's in this room today. He loves you. So, Father, I just agree, and we agree for these that have just raised their hands, God, that we're not here to gimmick. We're not here to play games, Lord. We're here because we love people, Lord, because you love us. God, we just pray for these that have just lifted their hands, Father, that you embrace them today. And that, God, as they commit their lives to you today, Father, acknowledging, Lord, that you're alive, that you've risen from the dead, God. And we just confess with our mouth that you're Lord, and we believe in our heart that we're saved. And today we receive that salvation. And, God, we declare it. We declare it, God over these lives today in Jesus' name. And the church said together, come on, can we give one big shout of praise in this house today? Come on, I think we can do better now, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Brad's gonna come and close us out as our ushers get ready to come, but you can be seated. But I want to just say this. Did my stuff leave me? Part of my notes I didn't get to, obviously, because God just had a way of showing up. But the last note part we didn't fill in was the greatest investment of your faith is the unchurched. The greatest investment that you and I have of our faith is people that don't know Jesus yet. Here's what I want to ask you to do as your pastor is this month of November as we go into this blessed series, I'm gonna ask every one of you to intentionally look every day for the people that God's got around you at work and ball fields and activities. And I want you to look for the unchurched and I want you to speak life and by faith, invest in them hope and life in Jesus. And then I'm gonna ask you to do one other thing. Through the month of November, I want you to join me and I'm no, I never ask you to do anything here that I don't do myself. And that's every one of us to try to have a guest with us every Sunday in November for this blessed series. Because how many of you have some friends in your life that need Jesus? They need change. And I want to encourage you through the month of November, join me and try to have a guest with you every Sunday in church so that we can see more people's lives changed 
more people finding their hope and their purpose in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. How many, how many will do that through the month of November? Let's do it. Let's, let's win and let's invest our faith in other people. Amen. 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 Pastor Brad.